Mike Crossroads fan. Glad that you're with us. It is a beautiful day in Alabama. Whenever you're listening to that, today is, what is it, May the 22nd? And it is absolutely beautiful outside. It is a typical May in Alabama. Uh, We're already in the 90s. They're saying by this weekend, Memorial Day weekend, we're supposed to be approaching 100. But that has nothing to do with the podcast. Our our last study, uh, as we're digging into the 23rd Psalm, we looked at, uh, as David was writing this, what he was meaning when he said uh, the first five words that the Lord is my shepherd. And today we're going to be looking at Lord. Lord is used in a lot of different ways. It's used as an expression of disgust at times. It's used as an expression of uh, mercy and help. Uh, it's used when uh, English people are used it in titles for people. Uh, but what we're looking at today is what the Lord actually is, where the power in his name is. And the question comes to mind is, is the Lord, the creator of all, your shepherd? Thanks for being a part of today's podcast. And as always, welcome to Crossroads. The singer, Royals. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. Spelled different, but yeah, sounds the same. You heathen, you go off to college, you get all... That's a cool song. I ain't gonna lie. That's good. I like that song. All right, couch in group behind. When you hear the word Lord, what do you think? King. King. That's good. Group right here. All this. God. Something like above you. Something above you? Do what? The ruler. The ruler? Person of high authority? Old folks. Sorry, that's me. Adults. Yeah, look around like you don't know. Uh, when you, <laughs> if I don't answer, it can't be me. They took our answer. They took your answer. <laughs> See, I, I'm a terrible person because when I hear the word Lord, the first thing that comes to mind is an old person go, Good Lord. That's just, that's what I think. I think of that and, you know, my grand granny, she used to go, well, Lordy mercy. She had a nice little whistle when she talked. It was great. Uh, but I think of that and I think of a Doberman pitcher as well. I had a friend that had a dog named Lord. <laughs> it was a Doberman. So anyway, but the word Lord, when the word Lord is used, the majority of the time that you hear that today out of, outside of the religious world, when you hear the word Lord, it is used in England, and it is part of someone's title, like their Lord Fancy Pants, which is probably not anyone's name. But that's what I think of with powdered wigs and hood. But that's one of the titles that they use. Instead of saying the Duke of, instead of saying uh, whatever else they would say, they would say Lord so-and-so. And that's, that's how that is being used. But when we look at what the word Lord actually is, we come to a great understanding. And I'm just going to read the definition that was given to me um, somewhere. Here we go. I'm getting there. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. The one who has absolute power and authority. That's what the word Lord is referring to when, when David is using this. Now, it is also used a lot of times outside of England if you're referring to a young man. Uh, when Barrett was younger, he used to get cards from Miss Michelle Headley. Has anyone ever gotten a card from Miss Michelle Headley? Yeah, probably most of you have. If you haven't, um, I don't know what's wrong with you. She must not like you at all. Just totally kidding. She hadn't met you yet. But Barrett would get a card. And the first time he got one of these cards, it said, Lord Barrett Martin. (laughs) And I didn't know if I was supposed to bow down and hand it to him or what that was about. But that's in reference to a younger person. Jessica, you were saying no. Did it not say that? Master. Master. 
mm, I totally lied. But it was a holy lie, so it's okay. Master. So, anyway, get back to the Bible study, which is a lot more important. When David is using this term, he's wanting you to understand that the one that he is worshiping, the one that he is dedicated to, is the one that has complete authority and total power. And when you think of power, you think, of course, of strength. But you must also think about what that power is able to do. Now, in your best Arnold Schwarzenegger voice, on the count of three, I want you to say power as loud as you can. One, two, three. Power. It's pretty good. Y'all are not that good at all because none of you said it. Anyone? You didn't know? You've never heard Arnold Schwarzenegger. Anyway. Yeah, we're going to be real quick tonight. No, so. When you think of power, you think, of course, of strength. You think of someone that is able to do mighty things through their, their strength, but you also think about creation. When I think of power, I think of what's going on with some of the flooding that's going on through our nation. When a storm comes through, the power of seeing uh, a telephone pole ripped in half or the, a piece of pine straw shoved through a tree, uh, this is power. And when I think ultimately of power, I have to think back to the very beginning of the Bible where it says, in the beginning, God. If you want to think about what true power is, someone that created something from nothing, that's where power began. As soon as God saw fit, he said, let there be light and light spewed from his mouth. So as soon as he spoke it, it existed. I don't know if any of you have ever created anything out of nothing. I'll answer that for you. You've never done that because everything that you use to make anything has already been created. But there was a time when you didn't have stuff. There was a time when it was just God. And He created everything. And that's where power begins. And when I think about God's power, there's so many things that go into my mind. I think about Mount Everest, the highest mountain in the world. A mountain that you can't even fly over because it's so high. And as I think about the, the massiveness of what that is, I also think about the, the minuscule atom. And how that atom was created by God as well. I think about something as beautiful as the Grand Canyon, something as vast as, as the Pacific Ocean. I think about uh, all the stars that are in outer space, the hundreds of billions of stars that are in outer space. And God put each one of them in place. I think about the, as we read the past scripture says that God knows the hairs on your head. Even though he created something as vast as our universe, he also created something as minuscule as us. There's power found in God. And if we want to know what power is, we've got to understand a little bit more about who this power is about. And it's about God. Take your Bibles, if you would, and turn to Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. When I, when I think of God and the course of creation, I have to think about people themselves. And, and every day you run into someone, and in the, if, you, if you've ever really stopped to think about it, there's 700 muscles in your body that's wrapped around 206 bones. There's 60,000 miles of blood vessels going through your body, and there's this little thing called a heart that pumps blood through those vessels and veins, and it makes your body function. You've got a meat computer in your head called a brain that at any given moment can understand, can recognize and understand 110 different things in an instant. So someone that can create something like that must be pretty powerful. And so as we're trying to understand why he is dedicating this passage of Scripture to the Lord being his shepherd, we're coming to a better understanding about the power of God and why God should be the one that is considered our Lord 
Uh, Romans chapter 14, starting in verse 7. It says, For none of us lives to himself alone, and none of us dies to himself alone. If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life, so he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, why do you judge your brother? Or why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess to God. So then, each of us will give an account to himself, to God. In reading that passage of Scripture, hopefully we come to a little better understanding about what God is. And one of the hardest lessons that I believe at times we have to learn is we're not as important as we like to think we are. We're not as big as we think we are. Yes, you are a special creation because God created you, but you've got to understand God is God, and you're not. But so many times we like to be in control. And I think back to when God was dealing with me and trying to come to my understanding of where God fits in my life. And there would be times that I would feel myself fully surrendered to Him. And there would also be times that I would find myself running away from Him. And in my mind, I started thinking, if I just ignore Him, He will go away. So in saying that, as if I don't pay attention to God's tug at my heart, then He's not going to be the Lord. But it doesn't matter what you think or what you believe. God is the Lord. He is the ultimate authority. He is the power of all. So me coming to an understanding of that, unfortunately, like many things I've learned in my life, took a hard, hard lesson. It was a tough lesson for me to learn, and I learned it the hard way. But getting to that place where we realize that God is the greatest, that He has to be above all, that He has to be the one that directs our life and leads our life. And I, I read this little script the other day, and it asked the question. It said, what's the difference between committed and surrendered? Somebody tell me what it means to be committed. Dedicated. Dedicated. What was that over there? Loyal. Loyal. All in. All in. Okay, all in. What about surrendered? To give up. To give up? Okay. I don't listen. I listen to a lot of preachers. I, I listen to podcasts a lot, but I never listen to older preachers. And I was listening to an older preacher, and he, he was talking about this. He said there's a big difference between being committed and being surrendered. If you are committed, you are in control of that. But if you are surrendered, you're not in control. And so I sat there for the longest time trying to think about what that means. How could you make that kind of difference in those two words? And he says, if you are committed to something, then you have a choice to be committed to it. You could easily say, I am going to start exercises. I am committed to exercise, so I am going to start. It's your choice to do that. I am going to start reading my Bible daily. It is your choice to do that. He said, but if you are surrendered to God, the choice is out of your hand. If you are surrendered to God, 
You don't get a say-so in what goes on in your life if you are surrendered to God because He's the one that directs that. He says you've got to understand that as Christ died on the cross, He bought your body, He bought your life, and the price was His own life. And so you are not your own anymore. You belong to Him if you have surrendered to Him. He said, now you ultimately make the choice to surrender to Him, but once you have made that choice to surrender, you don't really get to tell God what you want to do. He says, if you were to go into a war area and you get to the place where it's not worth you trying to fight anymore, you know the only thing that's going to happen is you're going to die and the only chance of survival is for you to wave that white flag and surrender. And you finally wave that white flag and surrender. As they take you in and you say, I surrender to your authority, you don't start saying, okay, here's what we're going to do. That person that's over you, that person that is in control of your life at that moment is the one that tells you what you would do. And if there is a surrender in your life to God, then he is the one that's going to tell you what it is that you should do with your life. And I don't know about you, but I like to be in control of my life. I like to make my own decision. Um, we were sitting at dinner the other day and, and I was grabbing stuff and throwing it to Barrett because I'm stupid and that's what we do at my house. And he had gotten finished eating dinner. He was sitting over on this counter and we were sitting at the island and, and I had probably the greatest thing that there's ever been invented, peanut butter. Love peanut butter. And so I grabbed it and I just threw it. And he caught it. Thankfully, he caught it because that's peanut butter. And I threw a loaf of bread at him and I threw some other stuff. And Jessica made some soup and there was just a little envelope with some powder stuff in it. I don't know what kind of soup. It might have been crack. I'm not sure. But she made this little thing of soup for her. And so I grabbed it and I pretended like I was going to throw it. And Jessica went, no, 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 no. And with Jessica, I'm not going to throw this powder stuff everywhere. And then I was like, but if I wanted to, I would. Because I do what I want to do. And she went, Really? <laughs> and what I, I immediately remember 27 years ago when I said I do, that is a surrender. <laughs> and she's over, she's in control of me. I like to make my own mind up. I like to do my own thing. And nine times out of ten, when I make my own mind up to do something, it's terrible. Turns out the wrong way. And too many times I've told God what my plans are for my life. And at some point, you've got to allow God to be the one that directs your life. Is God the Lord of your life? If God is the Lord, then we have to understand that Jesus is the Lord as well. We see the Lordship of God. We see the power of God. We see a reason to surrender to God through his creation and through what he is. We see the same thing through the example of Jesus Christ that he has said. So if God is Lord, then Jesus is Lord. We read in Acts chapter 2. It says, let all of Israel be assured of this, that God made this Jesus, who you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Not only is he the one that has complete control over who we are surrendered to, the, the life that we live, but he's also our Christ. He is the one that brings salvation, that brings healing. And through his example of the life that he lived, through his example of saying, and when you pray, pray like this. Through his example of going to someone and say, I see that you are hurt. Let me heal you. Let me give you the good news. We see the lordship of him in that. But we also find that if, if God is the Lord and Jesus is the Lord through his example, then we find that the Holy Spirit is the Lord through how he delivers and directs us. That voice that comes to us. That mo those moments that we just can't find the words to say. 
In the midst of God being as great as He is, He can also be small enough to hold our heart when we're heartbroken. He can also be the one to calm our anxiety when our nerves are shot. He can also be the one to to lead us to that place where He has this beautiful message for us if He is the Lord of us. So we have to come to an understanding. When David is saying this, he wants you to understand that this Lord is more than just someone that he would go and meet with on occasion. He is the one that is directing his life. He is my shepherd. And in saying that, he is the one that protects me. He's the one that leads me to what I need. He's the one that's going to have my best interest in mind. That is the Lord. That is the reason this word is so important. And you've heard, maybe you've heard it, maybe you've not heard it. But one of the things that I've always heard my whole life is if the Lord is not Lord of all, then he's not Lord at all. And that comes back to our convenient Christianity, that that world that we live in. I listen to people all the time try to split hairs amongst what it means to be a Christian. If I'm a Christian, I can't like this or I must like this. I find that being a Christian means that I follow God. In the the world that we live in, they want you to say that you can't like this because of who you are. Or you can't like that because of who you are. And I don't see Jesus doing any of that. He just said, love. Love people. Show them that there is a better way. And just because I show you that there's a better way, that doesn't mean that I hate you. It means that there's a better way. That you don't have to live this life that's painful. You don't have to live this life that takes you away from the glory of what God is. The Lordship authority of God. And you've got to understand that the Lordship authority, as a king in England, would have Lordship power over everyone that is subject to who he is. Those that lived in his country, those that lived in his area. He was the one that made the rules. He was the one that that directed them. He's the one that protected them. He is the one that, that was in control of what was going on in their world. The Lordship authority, that authority over those people, God has that authority. And His authority is not to hold you down, not to give you a terrible life, but to give you a blessing that goes beyond measurement. But that Lordship authority is never given to someone that rebels against God. It's given to those that are surrendered to God. And if we're wandering around wondering what we should be doing, Should I do this or should I do that? What's the right side? What's the wrong side? At some point, we find that the answers are given to us when there is a surrender to God, that full surrender to who God is. So is He the Lord of all of your life? Not just a Sunday, not just a Wednesday, not just a retreat. Is He the Lord of all through the things that we hear? Is He the Lord of all? Is He the one that that we close our ears and, and we try not to hear the bad stuff that's said around us? Is He the Lord over the music that's playing through your playlist right now? Is He the Lord over the movies that you watch? Is He the Lord over the conversations that you have? Is He the Lord over your date life? Is He the Lord over where your future plans are? Is He the Lord of all? Or is He just the Lord that you give a little bit of yourself here and there? When David is talking to these people, he wants them to understand that God is big enough to be the God over your whole existence. And that's what he should be because of his love for you. That sacrifice of his son, Jesus Christ. Because of that sacrifice, he should be our Lord. Because of this creation, he should be our Lord. 
because of the tugging that He puts on our heart through the Holy Spirit, He should be our Lord. But the question comes back to, is He your Lord? Or is He just someone you think about from time to time? The Lord should be your shepherd. Let's pray. Father, thank you for tonight. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Reach out to us through our social media. Go to KennyCrossroads.com and you can find all our places where you can get in contact with us. Or feel free to drop by sometime. Meet us at West End Baptist Church, Clanton, Alabama, or drop by on a Wednesday night at Crossroads, which is on the campus of West End Baptist Church. Love to hear from you. Love to just see what you're getting from this. And as always, thank you for being a part of Crossroads.